This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by audible.com and we have a free trial for you. So if you go to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for that free trial, then you can go exploring. And let me tell you, it's not just audiobooks. So really take a look around. I think you might be a little surprised at what you find. Over the years, uh, the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast has gained recognition as a great resource for uh, business owners, sales professionals, leaders. Uh, We are uh, honored to be included on lists of the best podcasts to listen to in a variety of categories. And this is really because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in a particular area of business. And they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Rebecca Fries. Rebecca is a workplace crusader who helps organizations transform outdated or non-scalable practices into future-thinking, market-leading cultures where their people can thrive. She's on a mission to unlock smiles at work by making organizations better places to work so that we can all do work that matters, that plays to our strengths and leads to success. She's an experienced consultant in the field of organizational transformation, change management and innovation. Now, Rebecca's on a mission to help organizations not just be better places to work, 
but exceptionally innovative, engaging, and forward-thinking places. She's the author of The Good Culture, The Leader's Guide to Creating a Workplace That Doesn't Suck, and we are thrilled to have her here today. Thanks so much for joining me today, Rebecca. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Diane. I just love hearing people say the, the title of my book. It just makes me <laughs> <laughs> and people are exactly like, oh my gosh, please come to my workplace now. <laughs> I know I just I love this the leader's guide to creating a workplace that doesn't suck. I just yeah. think that's so great. <laughs> so we pretty much know what's going to be inside of there somewhere, right? Don't do this, right? Oh my gosh. Okay, so interestingly, so you say good culture isn't about uh, you know, all the frills like the ping pong right. table and, and all that. So what is it? What is a good culture? You know, it's so funny because people ask me that all the time because they're like, hey, yeah, of course we want a good culture. And when you ask somebody what a good culture is, what's it like to work in a good culture? They all know. They all start describing um, a culture where, you know, they're supported and they can do good work and they're, you know, they're not micromanaged. And, and, and the opposite, people know that what a bad culture feels like and looks like, right? They can, they have all those words. I can ask, you know, hundreds of people the same questions and it's, they're going to align on it. So, but the, but the thing is people in organizations are like, well, okay, well, we just want to have like a fun place to work. So we'll just like, let's, let's have a ping pong table here. And then people can like, you know, it, it, they, they think about these, like these um, kind of uh, actions that aren't connected up to what you're actually trying to create. So backing up, when we when we talk about a good culture, it's like, well, well, what is it? Because there's no one necessarily picture that's going to be the same. It's going to be dependent on your organization and what you're trying to do and the work that you're trying to do, right? So, yeah. so when it comes down to it, we're like a good culture is a a place where people can do their best work, right? Where where right. people can thrive. And B, that's completely aligned with your strategy, your purpose, like what you're actually trying to do. And so our definition of culture is how work gets done. So it's all those things that are happening to make work happen. So a good culture is one that's aligning with the strategy, with your objectives. Um, because when you have that discord, when you have a culture that isn't actually aligning with what you're trying to do, that's where you start to have problems, right? Where where you know, all the work that you're doing isn't isn't matching up to what um, what you're putting in place from a from a people standpoint. So, OK, so this is really interesting for me because um, there are so many companies that don't have a good culture and they don't realize that they don't. Right. You know, like I feel like they think they do, but the people would say right. not so fast. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. If you meant when they don't realize, you meant leadership doesn't realize. Correct. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it, right. and that I like to say that like, I'm going to have a job for a while because you know if you look at <laughs> any of the gout, which is sad, it, but also like gives me. That's why I call myself a crusader, right? It gives me this real truth yeah. of purpose that we want to get out there and really help people because we all deserve to have workplaces where we feel great. I mean, our, our purpose at my company, Flynn, is to unlock smiles at work, right? So at the end of the day, like so many people are, are working in cultures where they are incredibly unhappy, they're disengaged, and the culture is 
unaligned or not aligned with what they're trying to do there. And, and they, they run up against that every single day. And I agree with you. I think, I think, um, I wouldn't say that they think they have a good culture, but they may not know how important having a good uh, culture is to actually achieving their business objectives. Right. So they might be like, oh, it's fine, but whatever it's work. Right. Like we just, you know, yeah. I hired them for a job. Like what's the deal? You know, they should be able to come in and do their job. And like, why do I have to be paying attention to all this other stuff? They see it as like ancillary versus core to their business success. And that's the problem. Yeah. And it's a huge problem. I mean, didn't Gallup do yes. a study about what, 23% of your employees are actively engaged or something? Oh yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say just engaged. I was like, no, it's just engaged. Right. I'm trying to be positive. Right. <laughs> nice, nice positive, positive flip on that. Like let's talk about the people that are engaged. Versus, There's so few of them. It's frankly, and this is a strong word, but it's kind of horrific. You know, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, um, to think about the fact that 75% of the working population is either actively disengaged or disengaged at work, which you might as well just be actively disengaged at yeah. that point. Um, and the impact that ha that has on the bottom line, right? So no, absolutely. And the thing is like Gallup has been doing these surveys every year and every year I kind of hold my breath and hope that we're it's getting better <laughs> and it's, and it's not. And it's funny because you think like, oh, but all the tech companies that have got all this stuff going on and whatnot, but just, you know, those are small windows into companies that are actually getting it right. And um, really understanding the impact of that. For most organizations out there, they are truly not focused on this. And, and that's the work, that's, the, that's what we need to get out there and help people do. And from the get-go, right? So I think about your audience, I think about people that are you know, starting companies or small business owners or trying to scale. And, and it's so natural to be like, well, blah, 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 blah. I have to like get my you know, products back. I have to get that, I gotta get production and then we gotta get the marketing. And, and they're so focused on you know, those, those things. You know, only have so much time of the day. But, but if, if they could think about this at the exact same time and be, be thoughtful and proactive and, um, you know, create um, the same amount of effort, they'll go so much further, so much faster um, with their organization. So, it, so yeah. that's the other thing that we run up against is that not only are people kind of like, oh, it's not important, even if they think it's important or kind of know deep down it's important, um, they're not spending the time on it because it doesn't feel like the most urgent, important thing, right? It just feels important, but not urgent. Right, right. Meanwhile, they have all these fires that they're trying to put out, but they're, they're not saying that setting up a, a better environment would probably keep those fires from happening. Exactly, exactly. Okay. It's that whole proactive versus reactive, yeah. um, right? So, yeah. I mean, in this, look, I have a four-person organization and there are times where I, I, I know that I neglect certain things that I should be doing in order for all of us to work better together. Right. Yeah. And so it's a very, um, it's a very human thing to do, right. You're focusing on that sure. kind of product deadline or whatever it might be. And it's, it's the good leaders are the ones that, that take that time to be thoughtful about culture and people and align that upfront and then continue to nurture that. Right. Yeah. And I would think part of that is 
you know, the, the old axiom working on the business instead of in the business, that they have to get themselves out of the day to day yes. so that they can be looking at the bigger picture. I, I, oh my gosh, absolutely. There's times where my business partner and I, where we literally will say like, okay, you know what? Like we have to disconnect from everything that's going on. We'll go off and we'll take our own offsides. I mean, we're only a four person company and we still have to do it, right? But we still have to go and, and say like, we need to work on our business. We got to get aligned on the year. We have to think about what our priorities are. We have to think about how to enable our people in order to align with that, right? Like all of that is, is it's, my business partner likes to call it hygiene. His name's Jesse O. Mendez. And he's like, it's just good hygiene. Like this is the stuff that we have to do. And it's so perfect, right? It's like thinking about like, yeah. you know, you know, you you brush your teeth twice a day. Right. What are you doing for your people, right? Like what are you cultural hygiene are you doing, right? To keep to uh, keep things moving. But I do think it all starts with um it all starts with clarity first and foremost. Cause I think well, maybe backing up to your point it starts with the knowledge that it's important, right? So yeah. if you don't think it's important, it's not even gonna happen. Um, yeah. Then then once you're like, okay, um, I know this is important, where do I start? I think the very first thing is that clarity of like, well, what am I actually trying to accomplish here? Like, what what is, what is happening? And so few leaders, again, it's kind of sad because everybody, if you ask them, knows that this is important, but so few leaders take the time to actually pause and say, what is it we're trying to do here? What is our purpose? You know, Wait, you as a company, you mean? Yes, yes. Like over, oh. Yeah, and so the, you know, if you, I'm sure you've read or at least seen the TED talk of Simon Sinek's, you know, start oh, with yeah. I. Yeah. Like Simon was literally like singing my favorite song in that book, like talking <laughs> about like, if you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing, everything else kind of falls apart, right? Like you have to start with why. And, and, and I say the same thing about, if you're talking about culture and how do we create a good culture, you don't go straight to the ping pong table. You back up and you say, well, what are we trying to do here? And what, you know, why, why are we here? Why are we doing this? And get that alignment at the top. And then everything else kind of falls off of that or, or ladders up to it, I should say, is better. And the operational activities are, you know, way further down the road. It's like, okay, how do we make that stand up? How do we operationalize our culture? That, that is, you have to have the clarity of what you even want to be doing in the first place, right? Before, yeah. before you can think about the actions that you need to take. That makes a lot of sense to me because you have to, it, it, it's what everything is tethered to because otherwise you're just it sounds like you're just making decisions and throwing stuff out there, hoping it sticks. And you're hoping it sticks. You're like, well, I think this will make people happy. I think people will work better if we do this. And it's like, wait, back up. Like, why would we do that? What what need is that meeting? And that comes back to design thinking as well. It's like, you know, what challenge are we actually trying to solve here? Um, and then let's think about what solutions might happen. But we're as humans, we're so wired to say like, oh, there's a problem, let's fix it. Yeah. And we just we just make assumptions about the problem and we make assumptions about the solution, right? And a lot of times the solutions are just things that we've done in the past that we're just trying to like replug in and that might not be the right thing either. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things and there's also this, you're making me think about the, there's like a white space also between some people think that um, the culture work is just defining it and then they, 
then they stop there. So there's all these like, <laughs> there's all these like um, places, failure spots, right? Um, uh, what's it called in um, product development and engineering? It's like, there's all these places where failure might happen. First and foremost is, you know, I didn't even know that it, it mattered, right? What, what yeah. you were talking about up front. Second is, uh, we don't even have a definition of what we want here, like what our why is at the top. So, so if you don't have that, then you're then you're all running in different directions trying to create something, right? Because you're not yeah. you're not on the same page. The third one is okay, great, we're aligned, we've defined it, we know what we want our culture to look like and what our values, quote unquote, are, right? But um, well, there's actually two points of failure there. Um, one is that, that you just did that in a boardroom without any input, right? And, <laughs> and, and people will be like, that is not our culture, right? I mean, we see that all the time, right? Where oh, stuff is pulled out and people literally are laughing at the leadership. They're oh. like, that's funny. That is not us, right? And then the second point is, is that great, they define it, but then it just sits in some like maybe they put the words on the wall somewhere or maybe they you know and they, they they're like well, what is that it's it should be our guide to everything that we do and we should be able to point at where that's happening in in our organization fairly easily or and if we can't we need to make some efforts to do that right so so there's all these points of failure along the way <laughs> unfortunately um you know and and i think the the big message i'm trying to say is that you have to be intentional. You have to, yeah. really, you can't just hope it happens, you know? Uh, and I think yeah. that's what's hard for small businesses is because so much of the culture is about the founders and the people that they bring on at the beginning because they're probably aligned oh. and they have the same excitement and blah, 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 blah. And they don't have to do a whole lot of work upfront to, to have that alignment. But once you start bringing right. people on and your organization gets bigger and things get more complicated, that's where you have to start being really, really thoughtful and and that's the that's the, that's what's hard is transitioning because I think founders just feel like well uh, don't they just get it like they you know <laughs> they walk in the room and like they can the <laughs> we'll know it when we see it and you know right that kind of thing. okay I, I have a question for you about that um, but I got to take a sponsor break real quick so no problem just made myself a note so I'll remember it. Uh, um, so Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. I think we all know that Audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles that you can choose from in all different genres, but you may not know about the other content that is there. They have Audible Originals and um, podcasts and guided meditations and just you name it. Uh, and the cool thing is, is that you can get all that stuff in one place. So you don't have to move from one platform to another. You can be listening to an audiobook and you can say, you know what, I'd like to do a little meditation. And you don't have to go in and out of applications. You can just be in one place. So I'm going to suggest uh, that you take us up on our free trial offer by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth and check it out for yourself. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised and you're going to find a lot of content that you enjoy listening to, no matter where you are or what you're doing. I am also happy to announce that my new book, Succeed Without Selling, is now available in paperback. If you are a small business owner, chances are good you are if you're listening to this podcast, or a salesperson and you struggle with getting the results you're looking for, uh, head on over to whatever your favorite bookstore is online or, you know, in person at some point and pick up a copy. 
I think you'll find uh, some real value throughout the book. Today, we're speaking with Rebecca Fries about how to create a culture that works. Now, Rebecca, before we went on the break, we were talking about um, <laughs> some of these places where uh, this whole idea of creating a culture can fail. And I, I thought it was really interesting. You were talking about, you know, when you start and then the people you start with, you, it, it's easy because everyone's excited and passionate about whatever it is. But then the more people you bring in, that can sort of start to fray. Yep. Um, but I have this question about how employers see employees and if that isn't mm. sometimes the obstacle to creating a better culture. Oh, I love that question. I absolutely love that question. Um, okay, so I want to hit it in a couple ways. Uh, okay. Huh. And I think this also has to do with um, kind of where we are in the world and the generations coming up. This question is becoming so much more present. So I'm not I'm not going to guess what generation you're from, but my uh, so I'm I'm Gen X and, um, you know, that that employer employee relationship was was pretty clear. It was, you know, I'm lucky to have this job. And here's the job and you do the job and you get your paycheck, right? It was a, it was a very um, one way relationship yeah. in a lot of ways, unless you, you know, you might happen to have a manager who, who treated it differently, but um, from a, just like an outward focusing, that was kind of the, the, the way of the world, you know, you're coming out of the industrial revolution, you're coming out of the company, you know, it just very hierarchical, um, so that's kind of the mindset that I think a lot of the more senior leaders and organizations have right now. You've got your boomers, you've got your Gen Xers, um, and then you've got the millennials coming in, who, by the way, are now you know mid-management, if not running companies, um, and you've got your Gen Z coming in behind them, and they just don't see the world this way, right? They they are like, hmm, it's interesting because I have a lot of options, I have a lot of visibility into organizations now I can pick and choose a lot better because I can know a lot more about your company. Um, the power has shifted um, in the sense of um, it used to be a little bit of a black box. You're like, there's a job there. I hope it's good. You know, I hope it's a good culture to work for, but you just, you kind of didn't know. All you had was the interview process and maybe if you had some friends there, right? Now, I mean, everything is so transparent, not just with Glassdoor, but just social media and such an ability to understand more about a company from so, you know, if you, if you, if you have the wherewithal to do the legwork, you can find out a lot, right? So there's a lot more choices for employees. So, and um, employers can't kind of hide, right? Um, yeah. So, so that has kind of forced the conversation to shift in my mind for, you know, for a lot of reasons and for good, I think personally, I think that this is um, an amazing thing. Don't we all want to work in a workplace where we feel in partnership um, with the organization that we're all here to, to help each other? I'm, I'm here to do a good job for the organization. The organization's here to support me in my career and my growth. Like it is a, a mutual contract um, that we're joining. So I don't know if you um, read uh, Reed, Reed Hastings' book. Um, oh no, I'm sorry, not Reed Hastings. Uh, the, this is my, the, the Reeds, um, the founder of LinkedIn <laughs> wrote the book. Uh, I'm looking it up really quick so I get it right. 
um, he talks about um, how uh, people are on tours of duty. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, so this is, um, uh, hold on, I'm gonna get it for you right now. So, uh, so um, huh. I'm gonna look it up and, and I'll say it to you in a second. But but the, the premise of the book is around, it's called The Alliance is the name of the book. Okay. And um, the premise of it is around how, you know, this, this is a mutual um, agreement between organization and employee. It is, is an alliance. Like we are truly here to support each other. And how he would look at it um, was uh, Reed Hoffman. Uh, oh. How he would look at it is, is that, you know, employees, if you look at work, like in discrete kind of buckets, like it's, it's really hard to think beyond like a year and a half, right? Like, yeah. like six months, you can think about like discrete buckets of work a year, you're starting to push a year and a half because it just, the world is changing so fast and our work yeah. changes so fast. So to think about an employee is like, oh, we hope we get them for a lifetime. It's like, well, we don't even know, like in a year and a half, what the world's going to look like and what we're going to need as an organization, much less what they're going to want as an employee, yeah. right? And so he talks about these tours of duty and how um, in LinkedIn, they were starting to create this, like, you're coming out, you have a role for sure, you get hired in a role, but then they carve out a, a tour of duty, which is really just looking like a year, a year and a half. And, and there's mutual goals. Like, what does the organization need from you? And what are you going to gain from this on your tour of duty, right? So what are your development goals? Um, and then at the, at the end of that, it's like, okay, so do we go on to another tour of duty? Or are you going to leave to go do something else? Because we can't provide in this environment at this company, what you need to take your next step in your career growth. Wow. And it's a very mutual concept around, you know, we know we can't just like, you know, hold, hold down people and say like, please work here forever. If we're not giving them the development opportunities that they need to grow and learn, right. Right? they're going to leave, they're going to leave. So why not have that conversation out in the open and actually talk about <laughs> the needs of the organization and the individual and, and have an agreement and have it be, you know, like year, year and a half it just makes sense. Right. Like it's literally one of those so logical conversations. <laughs> um, another, uh, a mentor of mine, uh, Maynard Webb, who was the, um, he was the COO of Gateway Computers. And then he went on to be um, the COO of eBay under Meg Whitman, and then the CEO of LiveOps. And now he has his own um, investment network and he's uh, the chairman of the board of, uh, he's, he's on the board at Salesforce and he's chairman of the board of LiveOps and just a very well uh, Silicon Valley traveled uh, individual, dear mentor of mine. And he actually wrote um, a book as well. And, you know, for somebody who was like so um, deep in um, technology and operations, you know, you'd think it'd be this person who's like, just get the work done, right? Like, <laughs> and he, he talks about how, um, how people should be, companies and people should be choosing each other every day. That there is no, just because you gave somebody a job, you're not entitled for that person to, to be loyal and want to work for you and vice versa, right? Like it's, it needs to be a mutual selection process 
Um, his book is called Rebooting Work, and he actually wrote another book called Dear Founder. So for this, for the leader, the listeners of your podcast, that's definitely check out Maynard Webb um, as just a really insightful person who's been around the block in the valley and, and elsewhere. Um, but I just love that concept. He would talk about this, like choosing each other every day. Like, let's not assume that just because you gave them a job, they're in, right? Like we need yeah. to be continuously choosing each other. And so, you know, when I think about culture, so much of it needs to be grounded in this um, transparency around what are we both here for? Yeah. Like, are we aligned first and foremost? Do you even know why you were hired and what you're, what, how that hooks up to our bigger purpose? Are we having those conversations? Are you feeling like you're having the impact? Are you growing and developing? And I, I call these the essential actions. Like if, if, if you're gonna do nothing else, you have to focus on recruiting and development of your people, if nothing else from a culture standpoint. Um, and hmm. you know, it, starting with alignment, like you have to have it all, all clear, clear and uh, you understand what you're trying to accomplish. But then once you move into the action standpoint, it's that focus on you know, recruiting, onboarding, learning, and learning and development, because otherwise you're going to, you're going to lose people. Like if you, if you focus on, um, you know, social engagement type things and activities, like, and, but you haven't spent any time on that upfront stuff, then, then it, it doesn't really matter. But that's what, you know, Reed and Maynard are both getting to in their books as well as like, in, in their philosophies is like, this is about this really like deep understanding of, of, you know, you know, your quote unquote um, customer, right? Which is your employee and, and understanding what their needs are and making sure that there's a, a mutual benefit happening there. That was a really long answer to-, to It was that. really great. And, <laughs> and seriously, first of all, I really appreciate the information about the, the books. And I love this. I love the tour of duty concept, but oh, I so also funny. love this. You should be choosing each other every day. It's like dating. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh, can I, I'm going to add one more person sure. to, um, for, for, for your listeners. Um, so the Muse is a website that was geared towards millennials and Catherine, look this up too, so I get it right. Um, she created it. It's a job website, right? So you think about uh, Catherine Minshew. Um, she founded this, she's a millennial uh and she founded this website so as a job search website um i i would think of it as kind of like indeed meets um glassdoor so um but but it's not review like people can't review but um but she creates profiles of each organization that is posting so that people can really get a feel of, of who um of what the, what they're signing up for and and the companies put those together so you could argue that like well they're not they're only going to show their good side well yeah it's a recruiting website <laughs> but, but her point is it it is like dating there's not like one good culture that is like the best good culture, the best. It's like, what's the one that's right for you? What yeah. is, what, how, and how can we be as transparent as possible about what this company is about so that you as an individual can know, oh yes, that I'm interested in because what's, it's just like, you know, dating, like a guy that's a good fit for me 
might be a horrible bit fit for you, right? right. And so that doesn't mean that that guy is a bad guy right. in those circumstances, right? It's just a fit thing. Yep. So I love that you said that because it, it is kind of like dating. Like we have to be choosing each other. And sometimes, you know, you're you're at a company and it was good for those first two years. And then, you know, you want to date somebody else. Like you're, <laughs> you've grown, you've changed, you've developed, you want to, you know, like whatever. And you, you're like, okay, now, and, and, a lot, and there's times where you're, that organization cannot, fulfill the needs right that person and right. that's okay we have to be okay with that right yeah yeah and I right. would say taking it one step further we even inside a company we see um, managers who like are like won't let their people go to other teams and will almost hide them and won't really promote their own individual success because they're worried about losing them. I mean, I'm sure you've heard about this. Yeah. Um, you might've even experienced it in your own career where you're like, I'm kind of want to go over to that team, but God forbid I tell anybody because then I'm going to get dinged on this performance appraisal because I'm obviously not loyal to this manager. I mean, it's just, you know, and, and what we should be doing is really truly understanding the needs of our people and trying to find pathways best as possible for, for those people to grow and develop because otherwise they will leave. They will leave. Right. They will leave. And having people experiencing more of a company and developing their skill set and learning new things actually works in the company's, to the 100%. company's benefit. 100%. Right? Yes. Because then yeah. you have depth. If you... I'm like, I'm like a, I can't help myself, but there's so many great experts out there. So if you've ever read, um, Dan, Dan Pink's drive, he uh -huh. talks about the three, it, what really motivates people is what he talks about. And there's, there's three things that really motivate people, um, to do good work. And the first one is a, a sense of purpose. So mm -hmm. like, why, why am I even getting up in the morning? Why am I doing this thing? Right. Um, the second one is autonomy. So I, I, as a human, we like to do things like on our own. We want that sense of accomplishment. Like that's why people hate being micromanaged, right? Like we, yeah. we need to have autonomy. And the third one is mastery, which is all about learning and development. His, his point in his research is like, you know, we as humans, we inherently want to grow and learn. It is just deep seated in us. We come out of the gate as babies. We don't just sit there and don't learn to crawl. We figure it out and then we figure out how to walk and we figure out and it's, we just are innately wired to continue growing and learning. And so if, if we as humans are put in a, in a place, in an organization where all three of those things are not happening, like, I don't know why I'm here because there's been no clarity of purpose, right? Um, I'm being totally micromanaged, you, you know, okay. because people don't trust me. And so that's happening. And then third, and I'm not, I'm not learning any new skills. Like I feel like a cog in the wheel and I'm just cranking out stuff and I don't know why. And it's just, I mean, talk, that's where that 75% disengagement comes in, Diane. It's yeah. like people that are in these environments that are just not um, set up to motivate and engage people in, in a way that is humanly basic for us. So uh, connect that to this concept of um, smiles at work, mm. because it feels like, you know, yep. that's, that's really what that's about, that if yeah. people are happy at work, then you're doing the right thing. So, right. So, so culture becomes this umbrella, 
for it, right? Again, if culture, if the definition of culture is how work gets done, it is an umbrella of all the things that are happening at work. A good culture is one that's aligned where, where we know what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it, right? Like why we're doing it, what and how, back to, back to Simon. Um, and and if, if we're aligned up and down, then, then we can fire on all cylinders. Now we have to back that up with actions. And so all of these things that we're talking about as far as like how, how that stuff shows up and how we then, that's where the unlock smiles at work comes in, right? It's like the unlock is the actions, right? You can have it all on paper. It can all look good. But if you're not walking that talk and you're not doing those things all the way up and down the organization, it's, it, it starts to fall apart, right? Now, this isn't to say you can't have, um, I like to give a little hope in this because it, it starts to feel a little <laughs> depressing. Um, I think all of us have a sphere of influence around this, right? So if we can keep yeah. these things. So even if like my leadership isn't, um, I mean, again, your listeners are probably have a, a, a lot of ability to be a change maker and to actually drive this in their organization. But even if people are listening, they're like, great. Well, pff, like my, you know, my CEO and blah, blah, they're not, they're, they're not going to, get on board with this. I feel that we all have a sphere of influence, even if it's just with a teammate or a colleague um, around like creating that environment and being really conscious about clarity. Mm -hmm. what, why are we working on this project? Why are we working on this thing? Like, how are we going to do that? That's going to best enable us to work best together. You know, what, what is, what does that look like? Like, I think just the, the plain old taking a breath and being thoughtful and even just saying, well, how would I want it to be? And then helping articulate that will move the needle, right? So, um, so you can look at it from like a macro standpoint of like how do you do this for an organization, but you can also bring it way down to a micro standpoint and say how can I just to use our little phrase unlock more smiles at my work today, right? With my team, with my people, like what are those things that are keeping us from really thriving, and how can I address those things? Um, and you know, starting with alignment, like let's make sure we're all clear on what we're trying to do here. Yeah, I, I you know, it's so great. <clears throat> I'm glad you brought that up again because it really does begin and end there. And so if people can remind themselves of why they're there and the contribution they're making, then they don't necessarily need someone else. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing is, is I, I would hope that the people that I work with, that when they get up every morning, they're not asking themselves like, what am I doing? Right. right. Like, why am I, why did I even, why did they even hire me? Like this, you know, you want people to get up and be excited because they get it. They're like, Ooh, we're trying to get this done. And this is how I fit in. And, yeah. and if you even just start with that, all the other stuff again that's why kombucha on top and you know, ping pong <laughs> tables it just is so silly to me i'm like what people just want to do good work they yeah. just want to do good work you know they want to show up and know that they're contributing towards something so it's really a, a complete misunderstanding of what yeah. what people value in the workplace now and here's the thing it's because um it you know people saw that stuff showing up at like a google and uh, other places and they're like, oh, 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 so to have a good culture, I just need to put ping pong yeah. in, right? Here's the deal. Google didn't do that. Like <laughs> Google does nothing without tons of data and research behind it, right? 
So they went, they figured out what's their why and what do their engineers need and what's going to help them do their work best. And, and so people here like, oh, they just want to, you know, they, they, they provide daycare and laundry service and haircuts on campus and everything because they don't want people to leave work. <laughs> and what's funny is that it was actually the opposite, the 100% opposite. They were finding that their employees were getting so stressed out and were having to like take off like time or, or, or leave early or, or not get stuff done because um, it was like they'd have to leave. And they, they started talking about friction points, like where, mm. where is friction happening in our employees' lives and how can we help them? How can we help them so they're not stressed about picking up their child at four o'clock for daycare or like, I don't even have time to get a haircut kind of thing, right? I mean, I've, I remember yeah. that way at, at jobs. And so they were like, well, let's give those things to them so that they don't have to worry about it. And so that they can be better focused, not be stressed, to have better mental health, like all of it. And then feel like they're doing better work, right? So yeah. sure, they might stay longer at work, but that was not the purpose. The purpose was to take care of those friction points that were happening for employees that were making work hard for them, right? And, but then the, on the outside, you just see like, oh, uh -huh. they do these things. And it's like, <laughs> okay, you know, like go ask your, whenever you're you know, like getting inspired, if you will, our whole thing is like, ask why, keep asking why, why did they do that? What was the purpose behind it? What, you know, were there unintended consequences of it? Um, you know, what, what was the, what was the win of it? Why did they come to that conclusion? You know, like find out the why behind it and then apply it in the way that makes sense to your organization, because just cutting and pasting solutions yeah. does not work. Right. No. Wow. That, that it's, so you have to actually <laughs> talk to people, right. And, and have the, it's gotta be collaborative. Yeah, and, and Google is actually so good. I give them so much props about putting out everything out there that they've learned. Um, so, you know, you can Google Google and they're, I, I, they're, they have an entire website based on all of their people practices that they have done over the years and why, where they failed, what they've learned, I wow. mean, studies that they've done. It's, it's, um, it's just a trough of amazing information. No kidding. Wow, I had no idea. Oh my gosh, Rebecca, I could talk to you all day, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> so I just so appreciate you having this conversation with me. I've just, I, I oh, love I it. Love I think it. it's so important. And, and it's, it's so important what you're doing too, giving okay. the tools and knowledge and experience um, to people to help them, you know, work better and succeed. It's, it's, I am a huge proponent of sharing and learning and kind of all of us lifting each other up. And so I just love what you're doing and, um, you know, always let me know if there's anything you need or, or your listeners need. Oh, I appreciate that. Now, speaking of that, I think they need to know how to get your book and <laughs> how to find you. So would you please tell them that? Amazing. Yes. I mean, my book is just available for pre-order now. So it's coming out on November 12th. Again, it's called the good culture, the leader's guide to creating a workplace that doesn't suck. And so on Amazon, you can find that. And it's Rebecca Fries, F-R-I-E-S-E. -E. So if you look on Amazon for the good culture, you should be able to find it and pre-order it right now, November 12th, pub date. And then otherwise, um, LinkedIn, uh, Rebecca Fries. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm easy to find because my, my name is unusual. 
So we'd love to hear from anybody. And, and our, our website is uh, www.flynnconsulting.com. It's F-L-Y-N consulting. So you can also find us there, of course. Great. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I so appreciate it. Listeners, That this was one of those episodes you're going to listen to more than once because <laughs> there's a lot of good information there. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I also want to thank our sponsor, audible.com. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash business growth. Sign up for the trial and check out not only the audiobooks, but the other content as well. And when you're heading on over to, to get Rebecca's book, take a look at Succeed Without Selling and see if it's something you should be picking up as well. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, Goodbye and good day. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.